Hey there, it's Geordie here from the It's About Time You Watch This podcast. Join us each week as we explore and discuss some of the greatest films ever made that up until now, I've never seen before. That's right, you name it, I probably haven't seen it. But my darling husband is on a mission to change that, one movie at a time, with a ton of laughs along the way. Check out It's About Time You Watch This now, wherever you get your podcasts. Exploring the power of the right mindset in creating a healthy and fulfilling life. You're listening to the Unstoppable Mindset Podcast with Imogen Harris. Hello, hello, part two of the Unstoppable Mindset Podcast, talking about all things mental health. A little bit more about men with mental health this episode with my brother, Chris. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Well, yes, last episode we talked about your history with mental health and- I'm just yeah, drinking water, don't No, me. that's fine, where you started and, and how far you've came, come and all that sort of stuff over the past few years. And I thought you know, a good balance to that would be to do a male perspective as well, Absolutely. because one thing we don't talk about a lot in this country or in this in this planet is men and mental health, men's mental health. Damn straight. Um, and I've been a strong advocate for that. Um, and I've obviously seen you go through all your highs and lows, and especially with a lot you've gone through so yes. much in the and, last decade. And and look, there's probably we'll probably touch on some stuff in the next twenty minutes that you probably haven't probably aren't aware of as well. So. So my story started obviously, you know, like yours in childhood, Mm. uh, separation of parents, a lot of trauma there into relationships with other parental figures that ended in some, there was some domestic violence and there was some, you know, a lot of triggers there for me as well. So my childhood was very, it was very masked. So, And you were the the strong male to both my sister and myself as well, you had to put on that brave well, face. Well, even before time. you guys came along, because obviously there's, for those that don't know, there's there's a big age gap between us. There's, there's 10 years between. Say there's 11, 10 years, There's yeah. 10 years between me and our other sister. and 12 then, between us. And 12 between us. Yeah. So in those childhood years, even at school, I was, I was the funny kid mm. in class and that was a mask. It was a mask for the stuff that, you know, I didn't want to let out, that I didn't think I could let out. And again, this is, we're talking in the mid-90s here, so there wasn't, the resources, the resources, the understanding, the, you know, it was, if you're upset, it was toughen up. That's what it was, especially for a young boy. If it was, if you got upset about something, it was toughen up. Are you a man? That's yeah. That's the question. Yeah, like, yeah. Are you a boys boy? Don't, are you boys a man? don't cry. Mm. You know, there, that was, that was the mentality back then. So there was a lot of that masking stuff and went through that stuff even, you know, after you guys were born and, you know, mum and, and your father yeah, separated as well. Yeah, to take such responsibility from such a young so age. and that's you know both your father and, and mum th- they were working when you guys were born they were both yeah you know, at that oh. point well, at that point they were both working I was so like, was he it was it was a lot of you. like yeah you know, I was coming home from mm. high school and looking after two toddlers until six o'clock at night yeah um which was a lot of responsibility for a you know, 11 12 year old well, I say this I'm like to, which sounds weird but I'm like to be honest Chris was more my father than my actual father well, at that time that's once once we got a little bit older and that's, we had the, there was almost a separation there for a little while where after they separated and I sort of went through my teenage years and had, at high school, I was, you know, the, the smart kid at the start of high school, you know, year seven, year eight, I was straight A's, A pluses, all that sort of stuff. You know, I don't, I don't want to get too much into our mother's stuff because I'd like to get, yeah. would like to have her It'd on here nice. at some point, yeah, but I think yeah. it's fairly public and she, she'd be happy as talking about the fact that I was 15 when it happened. She yeah. was, she was attacked yep. um, in the house that her and I lived She's in. You guys weren't it. living with us at that no, point, which was, which was a blessing. Yes, absolutely. 
but that that sort of sent me down a spiral. Um, obviously, I'd had a lot of stuff through childhood, but that was that was almost a key moment for me. I think because that you were old we- enough to understand. Well, as I well. was, but that weekend I was supposed to be away in Geelong. Yeah, and I'd kicked up a massive stink because I wanted to hang out with my friends. I was. 15, I was like, I'm not going to stay with my father who lived in Geelong at that point. I'm not going to stay up there. I'm staying here with my friends. We had a massive, massive fight and I left and I went and stayed at friends' houses for the weekend. But I had left the back door unlocked when I left. And I didn't know that. it turned out that that mm. is how the perpetrator had got into a house. They'd found fingerprints on all the windows. So it was been mm. trying to get in, but got through the unlocked back door. So that had always played on my mind uh, that that felt was guilty. felt guilty. Yeah. And especially for a 15 year old. It's a lot to play. Um, you know, to be woken up by your mate's mum saying, look, when you need to go. Your mum's been attacked. Like it's mm. – so that was sort of the decline for me. And then I had some friendship issues and those sorts of things as well. Friends Can you see we, the shaking? Yeah, yeah. Friends <laughs> that were going through mental health issues at that time as well, which because I'd been the strong one through all that and through childhood as well, mm. I'd always been the, the rock of the, the family. The person to go to. You know, I sort of had to try and take all my friendship stuff on the chin as well and be that – tried to be that stronger person. Yeah. And to the point where it does, you know, it takes a toll because you can't, up. it builds up. And there's no, and that again, at that point, this is early 2000s, you know, th- there's no outlet for, you know, you need to go get help. You need to talk to someone. Oh, I tried to, I talked to, when I was at school, so I left school when I was 16. When I was at school, I tried to talk to chaplains and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it wasn't really, Ain't getting anywhere there. wasn't getting anywhere. I was I left school, so I left school about a year later. That's how the radio station did. Yeah, so that was once Mum was attacked. That was sort of the downfall for me. I was like, well, why am I bothering? You know, I'm not enjoying school. I wasn't being challenged at school mentally, and I was like, yeah, this is boring. I don't want to be here. I, you know, so I sort of I sort of really turned off. And Mum had started a, a new relationship at that point, and we were living a little bit out of town. Mm. And it's like Cairo. Uh, yeah, out of Cairo, and that made it harder. That's sort of 15 minutes out of town, um, away from my friends, and at that point didn't yeah you know, it was. 15, like didn't have... There was no license or bus. There was no license. There was no bus out that way. Mm. There was no way of getting into it. Like there there was ice cream was was, great though. There was a few nights where I had been out drinking with friends and I started drinking at an early age um, and had walked home. 20 20 kilometre walk at three in the morning and I was 15. Yeah, I've done that. Because the the self-care at that point was gone and that's, you know, the the drinking did increase through my teenage years. Yeah, your drinking got bad at one point. Uh, It got bad for quite a while and then... Sort of got to adulthood. I was working at that point. I started working at the radio station when I was 16, and that gave me some grounding, which was really great. I was working with adults, which was great because it gave me, well, a bit of a challenge, but also a sounding board a little bit Mm. too. But again, still kept everything quiet, hidden. Entered into a long-term relationship in my early 20s, which was great and was one of those things that it it could have led to a long-term, like could have been married. Absolutely. But I, I'd had through childhood the trauma of you know, a, a father that wasn't really there when I was a kid. So I had this this irrational fear of being a father because I was like, I don't want to be like the father figures I've had in my life. We only had part of cup too, which is amazing, but He's amazing, we only but, had one successful relationship. But, but at that point, he, they, my, our grandparents obviously moved. They were five hours away. So you know, I was lucky when I was really young because they were here, but they, they moved when I was about eight. So before you were even born, born. so I, there wasn't a strong father figure in my life. There was yeah an absentee father, and then yeah sort of a, you know, a, a rough father, and it, it was a thing where in my early twenties I was like, I don't want to be dad because I I don't know how to be dad. When I, I say he was anti dad in marriage, 
Oh, he was, I was so, so anti And it, it led to the downfall of a relationship because of that, because my partner at the time, we'd been together five years, and, and that's that was, in her head, the logical next step. And I'd say, which no, is I fair. That, which is fair. And yeah, that's, is you fair. know, I've lost that relationship now, and I, I do... I do mourn that a lot because yeah. she was a very close friend as well. And I yeah. sort of still wish I had that friendship Yeah, because we were so close friend wise. And as you well were so as young as well. We were, and we were very young, yeah. but, but that was the downfall of that. And that, that relationship, because it was a five year relationship, yeah. the downfall of that rocked my world. And that was, I, I went off a cliff mentally after that. Mm. That was where I, I really struggled. I hit, the, I hit the alcohol super hard. Mm. Because I had, at this point, you guys were all living in Geelong. Geelong. I was here. I was working. I had no one to turn to. Mm. So I went off the rails. And obviously, you know, my friendship group was sort of split because, yeah, you know, they, they were friends with her too. Yeah. So there was no, I didn't have a lot of support. So I went off the rails. Now I'm talking drinking heavily every night of the week. Mm. Like I'm talking like heavily, heavily. Uh, and, and got into some really d- dangerous and silly relationships. Mm-hmm. One that ended in a fake child, and by fake child I mean a child that turned out not to be mine. Mm, that um, fucked you up. Which bad. again, because that was a for me, I was like, okay, I'm ready because that girl had children of her own. I was like, okay, well this this is proving to myself. I can prove you to myself that I can do to this. To be honest, you didn't have a choice to be ready because at that point it was your child. So you're like, I got to be well, ready. Was, like, it's no plan B we, here. There was no plan B. So I worked myself through that to be a dad. Try to be that person, and then. Finding out that that wasn't the case, that again Another sent me one. into. That's what really sent you across sent the world. Me, well, it did. Well, to a degree. So I was in another relationship at that point. Again, I was jumping through women at that oh, point. Oh, yeah. You forgot about that one. And that then, you know, ended that relationship because of, you know, because she, she herself had a, had, a, had a child and I was very, very close to him and, you know, was the closest thing I'd ever had to a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and still consider him as I haven't actually seen them in years mm. um, because of the way that relationship ended. But I still consider him a son. Mm. And I hope one day there will be a way where you can reconnect. But, you know, it, again, that sent me down another spiral. Uh, and a few months later after that, I sort of I had a clarifying night. And it was a friend's 21st. And I woke up the next morning and I went, why am I here? As in, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I putting myself through toxic. this, through this, you know, miserable existence. Mm. So there's nothing keeping me here. So I decided to go overseas and I was going to do the, you know, the, the stereotypical, I'm going to do two years. I'm going to backpack through Europe and then I'm going to work in a did London pub last. for two years. It didn't did last. last. So I did, did 12 <laughs> weeks through Europe and then we found out Pa had thyroid cancer yeah. at that point. So I decided to come back and it was one of those surprise. things. <laughs> back. Well, it was, it was, I'd sort of thought, well, I'm going to come back. I'll surprise everyone and I'll come back. I'll come back for six months because I want to go back to Europe because I had so much fun and didn't I really happen. enjoyed myself. And didn't happen. It didn't. We're getting to that. But when I came back, so, and I'd only been gone for three months. But when I came back, I noticed a tonal shift in the fact that I thought when I left, things here would go on pause. And when I came back, that we would unpause and life would just continue on. Yeah. And when that didn't happen, that was the downfall. Mm. Uh, So I'd been back about two and a half months and realized then that, you know, my friends, my family, everyone had moved on. Yeah. In my absence. Yeah. Yep. Um, like it, there was no, and that was, it was a night in September and I'd been drinking and I came home and I was like, nah, th- this is, I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. So I took a handful of pills mm. 
and wash it down with a bottle of vodka and woke up the next morning feeling fine. Don't know how. Scientifically, medically, I still don't know how that Should happened. Should not have been, but here we Should are. Should not have happened, but that was a turning point. Yeah, right. That no, I didn't me, know that. No, so, and not a lot of people do. For me, that was a turning point because I woke up and I went, well, I'm, I'm clearly meant to be here. Like if, if, yeah, this, if, if this has that. happened, I'm meant to be here for a reason. And then, as luck would have it, two months later, reconnected with Geordie, who's my wife now. But we had a very turbulent first year of mm-hmm. our dating. She was still living yeah, in Ballarat. Was, she was at uni. That was a lot. Yeah, it was. It was very turbulent. So it was up I and was down and on and the, off. And I was so mean to Geordie at the beginning. Of- yeah, I'm surprised she still loves you. Honestly, oh. like, look... I was just being protective. And look, and from that, you'd seen what I'd been through in my previous relationships and it was hard not to be protective. Because I was just like, is this going to be like everyone else? Because yeah. I was just like, if you're not interested in him, can you just leave? Because I'm not dealing with the aftermath yeah. of this and again. That, and that was what our family was like because they'd seen that aftermath of what I'd been through. Like, and everyone yeah. was very worried about it. And Which is fine now because, yeah, we love her. Well, but. there was, there was a, a tipping point in our relationship at the start there as well where we, we'd had a massive disagreement and it was off again and... I'd had a few drinks and I turned my phone off because mm. I was like, look, I don't want to deal with this. I'm just going to yeah. turn my phone off, go up the next day. I think I must have been on holidays from work and went to the movies. But because nobody had been able to contact me and knowing my past history, yeah. people freaked out. Um, I and remember mum actually was. Mum came down. Yeah. My, my dad was in, in the state and he came down. Yeah, I walked I out. I remember this. I walked out of the movies and Geordie was there and she's like, and she'd come down from Ballarat because she couldn't get a hold of me and she was worried. So there was this big thing. And that was where I went, all right, well, I need to talk to someone. Because up until that point, I hadn't. So then people, when I do go away, people aren't going to panic. There's something well, I, and for myself, I said, all right, well, if that's if that's the way people think Result. I'm, that, you know, I need to see a psychologist. I need to talk to someone about this. So I did. I got a mental health plan done then and, and went to a psychologist and, the psychologist didn't do a lot for me. It wasn't the right fit. You've got to find the right one. You've got to like find the right coach. Got to find the well, right well, one. Well, we talked about coaching, and that, that that's one thing I can't stress enough is when it comes to a psychologist, if you have to go and see 10 psychologists. Oh, I've told my story to that many, and I'm like, oh, that was such a waste of time, oh, hey. And that's what I mean. Like, But you have to do it to find someone, and that's why I've had yeah. discussions. I've just recently gone back and had a mental health plan done because it's a different, it's a different feel now. Mm-hmm. So back then it was helplessness and, you know, Embarrassment. Embarrassment. I don't want to be here anymore and all that sort of stuff. Now, the, as I said to my doctor a couple of weeks ago when I got my, my mental health plan done, the coin is flipped mm. because it's, I need to be here. Mm. I need to. Make sure I can maintain this good Because now we, I've got my, my wonderful daughter who is the light of my life. No. She's a lunatic and I love her more than Honestly. anything. And we've got an, another baby on the way soon as well. And I've gone, well, I need to. If I'm, having, if I'm having moments where doubt is creeping in, mm. I need to be able to manage that because I don't want to end up like I was back in 2016. No. I don't want to be drinking. I don't want to. And, I, you know, COVID, I think I'm one of the only people in the world during COVID that went from um, being a heavy drinker to being a non-drinker pretty Honestly, much. Honestly, like when you first got married and then obviously Ali was shortly introduced, I was a bit nervous because I was like, He's still drinking a little bit. Like it wasn't very, yeah. it wasn't nearly, not nearly the capacity that it was. However, I'm like, there was still weekend benders where Jordy oh, yeah. wasn't informed. And yep. I'm like, is it like, and I said to Jordy, I remember one point I was like, 
don't feel like you have to stay if he's no. going to keep doing this because well, the, you're having a child. Like it's a big responsibility. The death of our grandmother was a big turning Turn point. Absolutely. Was because she she had a lot of issues with my drinking and she took she, no oh. she took no shame in telling me so. No way. Um, but that was something because she was one of my best friends in the world, and losing her broke like br- broke everyone. But I again that was something I kept hidden mm-hmm. because I again had to be the rock. Yeah, I sort of went back to that stage of having to be the rock during that time for everybody. And like that that broke me. Like mm-hmm. absolutely broke me. And that's the drinking did start a little bit then. That's what yeah, and I'm like, I think but you then, went and because I had to go in and start taking care of parts. Like I don't yeah. think we either of us really got to grieve or have really ever. No, I, properly I grieved. can honestly say I still haven't. Yeah. To the point where I was actually off top of I was in the supermarket the other day and a woman walked past me that had Nana's perfume on, and I, I, I fully like almost collapsed in the super. Like mm. it, it hit me with a tsunami wave. Like it was. Crazy, um, so again, that was one thing that I was like, I need. That's why I need to talk to someone now, yeah. and that's why when I sp- saw my doctor recently, I said, "Look, I, I'm." She said, "Are you considering suicide? You know, are you having suicidal thoughts?" I said, I, "I've had suicidal thoughts." Mm. I said, "But I would never act on them." Yeah. Because the second I have that thought, I turn back to. My wise, my 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 little that yeah. little that little cheeky grin, mm. and that brings me back. I said, yeah. so I, I said, but I need strategies to cope, to cope, manage, to be able to manage this stuff moving forward because I don't want to ever get to that point. Mm. I don't Action. want to because yeah. I have lost, you know, friends you know and what acquaintances. It feels like on the other side, well, I've of lo- it. in the last couple of years, there's been friends and acquaintances and and Georgia pe- 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 people locally that we've lost. Yeah, that I go, I, I can't. I can't do that no. to my family. Like, oh, that was like, the, Georgia was the yeah. turnaround for me. I was like, I need to deal with my shit because she got to the point where she, you know, with her two days prior and she was laughing and yes. everything was fine. I'm like, if she couldn't feel like that, she could openly talk to us about what she was going through. I need to make sure that yeah. I do so that doesn't happen so that, to my friends and my loved ones. And that's, you know, for me, as, as you know, I've always had this, public persona obviously being on radio and being in the media for the last 20 years and you know podcasting and and you know being a business owner and those, I've always had a very positive upbeat public persona people see me and think oh he's the guy that's singing always karaoke bubbly. every weekend and always bubbly and always happy and that's not the case mm. um even now I have flat days and like Geordie will come home and she's like how are you I'm like, and she's like ah, flat day okay Ooh. and she knows yeah having that person there they just and, get and trying to and since COVID it, it has gotten worse because I've lost my social aspect. I used to be a very social, and the drinking was part of that, but I was a very social person prior to COVID. Mm. During COVID, I became very entrenched in family life, obviously, as we all did, and staying home and not going out. And that's, that's obviously your beca- routine now That's, as that's well. the routine, and that's, yeah, it's become a bit of a problem for pubs and hotels and things in, in this day in life because people all got like that. But I lost my social aspect, and yeah. trying to get that back now has been a real struggle for me, um, especially this year because I've been a stay-at-home dad three days a week. So, I, you know, I get to Friday – and I've, I've been at home with a three-year-old for three days been in a row. have listening to the Wiggles. Basically, you know, we've been singing Bluey and all that. And I love Bluey, don't get me wrong. But I get, to, fri- not your friend on the I get to Friday. And by Thursday night, I'm trying to make a plan to catch up with friends or go out or whatever it might be. But by Friday afternoon, I'm in a mental state of, no, nah, I can't. I don't want to do it. I can't be bothered. And I make up an excuse and it doesn't happen. Tell to the point where a couple of times I've forced myself to go out and be social just because I know I need the outlet and it is a struggle. I'm shocking with that. I, I'm a nana. Yeah. I use prep as an excuse for so long. I was like, actually, that's not an excuse anymore. So that's why this time around I was literally like, 
no, 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 you need to make the effort. Like, stop staying at home. I understand. Yeah. Like, it's we just got so cooped up. And yeah, well, that's a discussion Jordy and I had when we were talking about. So Ali's just started daycare, mm-hmm. which crushed me, losing my best friend for two days a week. So I now only have one day a week with her. So that's that's it's been very hard. She only started this week that we're recording. So and it's already like, oh, it's been like it, it's it's been rough for me, but. I said, oh, that's cool. I'll have four days in the podcast studio and in my office with my marketing clients and I'll be able to get more clients and build more business and make more money. And Joy said, no, no, you're going to have three days. And I went, what? She said, you're going to take a day, one day a week to do something for you because you have no hobbies. Absolutely. She said, everything- Work can't always be a hobby. Everything that becomes a hobby for you becomes work. Absolutely. Yeah, podcasting is a hobby. Like radio, but it's work. Yeah. The marketing stuff. I love it. I love it more than anything else. I love what I'm doing now with my own business, but it's work. Yeah. It's not a hobby and I don't have anything. I don't have a social life. I don't have, you know, I've lost a lot of friends over the last couple of years because of, you know, COVID and all this stuff. And um, shed friends. And to be honest, shedding friends, people deem on it. It's a part of life. You're going to shed a hundred percent. Like, yeah. But I also haven't picked up any, mm. like it's good to shed them. If you, if you outgrow that relationship or if they are great, I'm not saying that but I've outgrown people, people, people have outgrown me in. in this instance sometimes as well. Mm. But if you're not then picking up Evolve some surplus friends, you get, tend to get very lonely. So, yeah, this this is all stuff I need to work on. That's why when I went to the doctor a couple of weeks ago, I said, I need a mental health plan because I need to talk to a psychologist because I need to get myself right. Mm. So, you, what, as I said, it's not even right. It's just, you know, well, better. Better. Mm. I, I need to work on myself. Grow. Grow. And that that's one thing that I'm really excited to be able to do now is grow because I haven't had that opportunity. I haven't challenge. had that chance. It's a new challenge to be able to be a better person, to be a healthier person, to be able to say, all right, well, on a Friday night, if I want to go out and I've messaged the two or three remaining mates I've got left and they're all like, nah, I can't do it. Nah, I've got to work tomorrow. No, I don't want to go out. That I can say, you know what? I might just go up by myself for an hour or two and see if I chat Absolutely. to anyone. Because I always I'm very well known in the town I live in and you know, I'm probably going to talk to people. Absolutely. But at this point in time, I can't do that. If I message two friends and they either You'd don't like, reply no or, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. I do, And I get very flat by them because I go, you know, I've got friends that I haven't heard from in three months and, and these are some of the closest people in my life mm. that I haven't had a text message because I got to a point where... You were always constantly reaching out to them and it wasn't the other way around? Yeah. Mm. I was the person Feels. that was checking in Yeah, because I had, you know, I wanted people to know that they were cared for That's because I've, lost so many I've, had a lot, well. I've had a lot of friends that were dealing with mental health issues and I wanted to make sure they were okay. Yeah. And it was when I started realizing that I was reaching, you know, I'd get messages from him saying, oh, do you want to go out tonight? I really need to chat. I really need to get out of the house. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go to the pub. Then when I'd message them, nothing, nothing. radio nothing. silence or ghosting. I have literally about 50% of what I considered friends 12 months ago. They're not yeah. a part of my, and, and look, seems toxic, but also like, if you're not going to serve me as much as I serve you, I'm sorry, but you're a waste of my energy. And that's, that's to a point where I've gotten to, but it also has, as I said, resulted in me becoming quite lonely as well. So I bucked up the courage and went to the doctor and said, right, mental health plan. And I started, I started talking to her and I started running through um, some of the stuff we've talked about in the last oh, 20 Five minutes nearly. Oh, we need to, yeah. And it's a part two. And this is a part two. And she, the doctor turned to me and she said, you need to write a book. Yeah, great. And I went, yeah. I went, I've Maybe actually, you can tell I've actually thought about it. I've actually thought about it. Don't Why worry. Why won't you do, do an audio book? Could do an audio book. Yeah. Hey, look at that. But, she, but I was like, well, look, yeah, it might be actually, you know, quite helpful for me in my mental health journey. And we'll see what the it's psychologist like journal, says when I finally. Like in a book. Yeah, exactly. I well, like I actually it. have 
again, reached out to, and we talked about this in the last episode about mm. how difficult it can be. And I've reached out to a couple of psychologists that were recommended by the doctor mm. um, and haven't heard, it's been two weeks and haven't heard anything back. I've got an appointment with my doctor in a week and a half to, as a follow-up to find out how I've gone. And you don't even have an appointment Well, yet. I don't have an appointment. I haven't even heard back from anyone because that's just the state of that industry. And mm. it's, it's a worry because you can't find fault with the psychologist. They're doing, they've got, Full oh, loads. Absolutely. They're doing they the very best they can. It's a hard job. It's a hard job. It's a hard job. Um, you know, and 20 years ago, being a psychologist wasn't as hard as it is now where everybody needs help. Because you know what? You know, we can say, I'm struggling, you're Everyone's struggling. Got something. Everybody needs help. Everybody has trauma. Everyone Whether you think you do or you don't, you have some form of trauma in your life. Whether it is a bad breakup, whether it is a, a toxic relationship with a family member or a friend, or whether it is you know, trauma from your childhood. Yeah, There's that's that's one thing I've learned. Every person has trauma. Not, though, exactly, is, is the next that's step. the hard part. Um, but it, yeah, and that's yeah. You know, the, the purpose of this was you know one for us the last two episodes for us to get a little bit of stuff off our chest, but yeah. also to show you that if we can do this. So I, I mentioned in the last episode, if anyone hearing this gets help, if we help one person, then it's a win. It's fine. I had this very same discussion that we're having right now. I had this on the air on radio back in twenty. 2016 mm. was after all this had happened when I first started seeing a psychologist. Are you okay day 2016? I think, yeah. And I opened the microphone and I spoke for about four minutes. So it was obviously a bit more condensed than this, but I said, you know what? It's, are you okay day? And I'm honestly, can I can honestly tell you that no, I'm not okay. Mm. And if I, and I said, yeah, if I can do this, if I can talk to you right now, listening out there on the, the radio, the public, if, if you're hearing this and you can hear me talking about this so openly to everybody, then you can go home if you're struggling and talk to a family member, talk to a friend. A week later, I had someone come up to me at the pub mm-hmm. and grab me by the hand and shake my hand and say, thank you. And I went, what? And I went, last week I heard what you said yeah, on the radio. It's crazy. He, it he came up to me and said, I went home and I told my partner that I wasn't okay. He said, I could not have imagined ever doing that. But what I, when I heard you do that on the radio, yeah. I knew that if you can do that, I, I can, can go home it. and tell her. In and I went, I went, oh, mate, okay. And he was like, I just I just really wanted to thank you and walked off. I don't know the bloke's name, oh. but I'll never forget that. Yeah, no, it's um, crazy how much just being open about your, and being vulnerable can help Well, it's else. all about breaking the stigma. And that's, you know, as I mentioned in the previous word, Let's Talk, which is a local Southwest Victoria organisation. one in Warnable, one in Colac now as well. These organisations, uh, it's okay not to be okay, which I follow on Facebook. I don't know if you do, mm. but that that's an incredible community organisation that has grown into a community. We're seeing now that it is okay not to be yeah, okay, and absolutely. it is okay to, whether you are the manliest man in the world or you know, big sookie like me. It's okay to talk. Yeah, absolutely. I it's think okay it's, to say to your mates, like, well, you know what? No, I'm not right. It's not easy. I mean, I'm sitting oh, God, here no, filming with my drink bottle and continuously yeah. drinking it because I got so much anxiety. But yeah. Um, it's something that in order to be able to grow, you need to be able to, first of all, be aware of what's actually going on in your life that is providing you distress, like stress and, you 100%. know. 100%. Yeah. So. Look, I, I reckon I we, we, like, we might wrap it up there. And as, as we said at the start of the episodes, I know there <laughs> was a trigger the warning. Yeah, sorry, but it's, yeah, if this has upset you, if it's made you think, if you think you need to talk to someone, you can call Lifeline 13 11 14. That is a service that I have called before. And I know that that number gets bandied about every time there's a mental health story, but it's true they help. That they are an amazing organisation. Until you use them, 
you don't realize how incredible it is. So if you do need to talk, and I know it feels weird talking to a stranger, 13, 11, 14. Yeah, it's, they've saved me a few times too. So make sure you use that if you need it. Absolutely. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to our tangent. Um, we will be back with some more deep diving discussions on the Unstoppable Mindset podcast. You've been listening to the Unstoppable Mindset podcast, a creative media production.